Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks, to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. This is another episode of Coffee with Coot. As some of you know, I don't drink coffee, but I thought it rhymed. It sounded nice. Coffee with Coot sounded kind of cool and... uh, uh, my mother loved drinking coffee, and it just sounds like such a cool thing. So, hey, these episodes are called Coffee with Coot. This is part three. Here we are. Uh, Coffee with Coot is where I take your questions and questions you wanted to ask me on all levels and share some thoughts. These sessions are just raw, off the cuff. Here we go. I love receiving your questions, folks, so keep them coming, by the way. If you have questions, you can send them to Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. Okay. What is real love, Coot? What is real love? That's a question I am scrolling through that has been sent in. What is real love? Real love is oneness, the inherent recognition of oneness. When we realize who we are and what we are, we realize who another is. In that inherent realization, we also see that there really is no separation. That what I am at my core, beyond mind, beyond body, beyond personality, that what I am is what you are, and at that deepest level, we are one. At the deepest level, there really is no separation. So real love is the recognition of the underlying oneness of all things, the underlying oneness of existence. No separation. Separation dissolves. To me, that is real love. Yet so often in our culture today, we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned and love has been captured and and programmed inside of our conditioning. This idea of, uh, well, I'll love you if you're a certain way. I'll love you if you conform to my expectations. I, I will love you. I love you if you do X, Y, and Z. Our love is not real love. Our love is love without conditions and it becomes a trade. I think that's why we experience so much pain, disappointment, suffering, frustration when it comes to relationships, whether it's romantic, whether it's family, because it's often not based on real love, but conditions, expectations. If you act according to my expectations or idea of who I think you should be, then I love you. And what I would say is that's not necessarily real love. That is a business agreement. That is conditions. That is trade. Real love 
doesn't have any conditions. Real love is beyond conditions. Real, real love is unconditional. Unconditional because it arises from the source, the unconditioned source of oneness. Real love is not to the ego or the personality. Real love has no conditions. Real love is free. Real love is pure. Real love is unconditional in nature. Now, let's be clear, folks. That doesn't mean you let people shit all over you. That doesn't mean you let people take advantage of you. That doesn't mean you let people do whatever they want. That doesn't mean you let people disrespect you. That doesn't mean you let people uh, abuse you. Real love is not taking someone else's abuse. So let's be clear. You can truly love someone have no conditions of who they should be or who they shouldn't be in that your love is not conditional on their behavior or their actions. But that doesn't mean you don't have discernment. You can still have discernment. So you can choose to love them unconditionally as they are. They don't have to change. But that means also that might put the responsibility in your hands to make a choice, to make certain choices if how they're behaving and how they're acting may not completely work for who you are and for your own uh, alignment, for your own self-honoring, for your own integrity. So real love doesn't mean sitting there and being abused. Real love might, might be uh, coming from a place of you can be whoever you want. I just can't be around you because who you're being is not, uh, is not honoring of where I'm at and who I am. But I love you completely. I love you totally. You don't have to change. And what that does is, is that puts the responsibility in your hands as the person. That puts the responsibility in your hands, in your heart to choose. Discernment is key. So real love is unconditional. Real love is when you recognize and you honor the pure, unconditioned reality of who another person is. So that real love is when you're also not just uh, relating to someone's persona, someone's personality, someone's ego, but you're relating to their essence. You're relating to their soul. This is real love. And sometimes dealing with challenging people, it can become increasingly harder to, let's say, love them when they're being a jerk or when they're being mean or when they're, when they're acting a certain way. And so when you're dealing with challenging people, for instance, it's so important that you don't just stay focused on their behaviors or you don't just stay focused on their personality because ultimately they are not their personality. To truly be able to keep loving no matter what, to truly be able to keep loving in spite of it all is to focus on the essence of who they are, the divine inside of them that they might have forgotten in that moment. Real love is to reflect back to them the perfection, the divinity inside of them. This is real love. This is pure love. Again, that may mean you still need to set your boundaries. Again, that might mean you need to uh, distance yourself from other people, but that doesn't mean just because the form changes or the structure of your relationship changes that the love has to shift. The love doesn't have to shift. I believe in any given dynamic, any given situation, any given relationship, folks, it's really important to look at a situation and go, what's the structure of the relationship? What is the structure of the friendship? What is the structure of the romance that can allow for the most love to flow between us? To me, this is real love. Real love is when you see who another is because you see who you are, and real love is when you truly 
want to uh, want what's best for another person's soul evolution. And so the last thing I'll say is real love is a commitment to serving another person's soul, another person's soul's evolution. So real love might mean sometimes you don't agree with people. It might mean that you sometimes don't give people what they want because you might have a deeper sense that it's not, it's not best for them. It's not, it's, it doesn't serve their soul. So to truly love someone really in reality is to feel deeply what would serve their soul evolution the most. And that might mean making a hard decision. That might mean speaking a difficult truth. But real love is a commitment to serving their soul's evolution. And so in any moment, in any relationship, if you're not sure what to do or how to relate to someone or in terms of a decision to make, ask yourself, by me acting this way with this person, by me saying this thing with this person, do I feel it would serve their soul's evolution the most? If the answer is yes, continue. You're coming from real love. Here's another question from someone. How did you discover your gift? When and how did you discover your gift? Uh, it's an interesting question. Some of you know my story. I won't go into my whole story with you. If you want to find out more about my story, go to my website, kublaxon.com. Uh, read You Are The One, my book, You Are The One. Some of my stories in there. How did, it, how did you discover your gift? Uh, my gift in terms of speaking and communicating and speaking in front of public and, and that whole thing was, was something that was uh, activated at a very young age. In fact, I would say it discovered me at a, at a very young age. Um, when I was eight years old, I was a rambunctious little kid. Some of you know my story, my father... As a minister, a healer, considered a miracle worker, I grew up seeing miracles and blind people seeing and deaf people hearing. And uh, I, I had no interest in that, to be honest. I just wanted to play soccer. I was, an, I was a you know, seven, eight-year-old kid. I just wanted to play soccer with my friends. And I was so frustrated that I had to go to church instead on a Sunday. And so I would sneak out, play soccer in the lobby of the church. And one day, my father got wind of it and they sat me in the front row for an eight-year-old kid, you know, that is as boring as it can get, by the way. And so uh, uh, one Sunday, all of a sudden, I'll never forget that day, my father announced, I was sleeping in the front row, probably snoring, and my father announces to the congregation, my son is going to give this sermon and he's going to give a speech today. I was asleep, didn't hear him make the announcement. Someone had to wake me up. They dragged me on stage and uh, I started speaking. I would say that's the first conscious moment that I remember discovering my gift. In a sense, my gift discovered me, and I didn't know what my gift was until I was put in a situation. Sometimes you might, not, you might think you don't know what your gift is, but your soul knows there's some part of you that knows. And, and it's so important to put yourself in situations that stretch you, situations that challenge you, situations that might be a little uncomfortable because it's only when you put yourself in unknown situations, folks, situations you haven't been in before, that it's those situations that activate and awaken the gift inside of you. Many times we stay in a comfort zone, constantly doing what we know, doing what we think we know, constantly doing, playing it safe. But 
when we play it safe, then we don't have to tap into deeper parts of ourselves. So I believe if you want to discover what your gift is, you're not sure what your gift is. Firstly, I would say many times I, I've heard people say, Kut, I don't know what my gift is. But this is not really true. Sometimes it's just a safety mechanism to profess that you don't know what your gift is. Because if you don't know what your gift is, you can stay in the comfort zone of not having to live and express and share your gift with the world and put yourself on the line. You can be in a state of confusion. So sometimes we play a, a, a safety self a protective game of I'm confused, I'm not sure what my gift is. And so if you're in that camp, it's time to bust yourself and own, I know what my gift is. Now, you may not know how you're going to fulfill it, how you're going to turn it into a business, but it, 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 it really is important. If you really do have a sense of what your gift is, just to own it. I know what my gift is. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. I don't know how I'm going to make it a reality. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to make money from it. That's a different uh, consideration. So being willing to, to own and be honest that you do know what your gift is because many of us, we do know what our gift is even though we're not consciously uh, acknowledging it. So we have to be willing to acknowledge our gift. If you're, not, if you're genuinely not sure what your gift is, you can simply look in your life, look in your past, Look in your childhood, look at the things that you loved, look at the things that you were good at naturally, look at what things came to you naturally. Uh, sometimes we don't really appreciate our gifts, I found, because they comes, it comes to us so naturally. We're good at it naturally. We don't have to work at it. it. It's a gift. That's why it's a gift. And because it comes to us easily, we don't appreciate it because we don't find it difficult. But that doesn't mean there might not be other people in your reality, other people in your life that may not be good at the very thing you're good at. And your ability to serve them in some way with that gift is actually a huge blessing. When I say huge, I mean huge blessing. Okay, so it's important that we acknowledge the gifts we have because often we don't because we don't think they're a big deal. Acknowledge the gift that you have. Focus on the gift that you have. The other thing is sometimes we're so focused on what we don't have, we, we, we miss the beauty of the gift that we do have. Or we're so busy comparing ourselves to other people's gifts, like, oh, I don't have what Coot has. I don't have what that person has. I don't have what Jimmy has, Susie has that we, we're not looking to see what we have. Sometimes it always looks uh, greener. The grass always looks greener on the other side. So taking the time to acknowledge your beauty, acknowledge your gifts is also key. The other thing is, rather than sitting on the sidelines, be in action, be in action, move in the direction of what you love, as I was saying, but be in, be in action. Sometimes you might surprise yourself as you try different things. And as you try different things, try different passions, try different activities, lean in. As you do it, something inside of you may come alive that you weren't sure of before. Something inside of you may get activated. For instance, I just met an amazing guy in Miami, and he was telling me he was on track for some kind of business direction in school. And he went to school, and he Everyone expected him to go into business, his father, his mother, but he it didn't turn him on. It did, did not light him up. And then he always, he said he always had this passion for food. He loved food. He would cook at home and he loved food, the taste of food, talking about food, finding different restaurants. It never occurred to him that maybe this was something until one day, uh, it's like he had an epiphany that, that food was his passion. And so what he did was 
you could say in his teens, he may not have been aware that this was his gift, but what he did was he started to study with chefs. He went to school, took some courses, took some courses, got better, and then really started training with some high-level chefs. And when I had the opportunity to meet this guy, I mean, wow, he made, I'll never forget, I don't consider myself a foodie, folks. Some of you might be foodies, yes? Let me tell you, I never understood what the psychology of a foodie was until I met this guy in Miami at a friend's house. And he just said, oh, I'm going to cook some food. And he made, he just made some rustled up, some uh, incredible fried rice with some egg and a sweet potato with some fish in, on top of it. And I'm telling you, this was the most incredible little dish I'd ever had in my whole life. I became a foodie instantly. And it was clear that he had found his gift. Sometimes you don't know what your gift is until you start getting into motion, until you begin exploring and lean in. And then something latent, dormant inside of you gets activated. So don't just wait for your gift. Try different things. Explore different things. Get curious and move in the direction of what you love. Don't block yourself by trying to figure out how will I make money at it, move in the direction. Hopefully that helps folks. Uh, let me take another question while we're here. We'll take a few more questions. Uh, <clears throat> here we go, I'm scrolling through. Uh, what, how do you stay present all the time? Uh, staying present all the time. Now, you may not be present all the time, but realize there's something within you that is always present. There is a presence inside of you that is consciousness, that is looking out of your eyes, that is always present. Whether your personality, your ego, or your mind is present or not, there is a presence that is always present. There is a presence that is always the case. And so that being said, one thing to be present is to realize, at least for me, that all of life is a spiritual practice. All of life is a spiritual practice. It's not just on the yoga mat. It's not just uh, when you're meditating. It's not just uh, when you're in a temple or in a church or in a synagogue or, or, or hiking. Every moment is. And so you have the opportunity to practice a sense of meditation and, shall we say, mindfulness moment to moment to moment by observing your attention and being aware of where your attention is and actually using life itself to connect with your breath and using every moment to connect with the present moment by bringing your attention there. You can, you can begin to bring your attention to where is my attention, asking yourself, where is my attention right now? Where is my attention right now? Many times our attention is floating because we're not conscious. Many times our attention is not in this present moment and we're not even aware that our, that our attention isn't here. So if you can start becoming aware that much of the time your attention isn't in the present moment, then something happens. Then you can consciously begin directing your attention. You can ask yourself, be aware, where is my attention right now? Oh, you start realizing it's not here, it's somewhere else then you start realizing how much of your attention is actually not here in this present moment. So as a meditation, as a mindfulness practice, where is my attention right now? Breathe, connect to your breath. As you go through your day, as you drive, as you eat, as you walk, as you talk, as you're in meetings, bring your attention to your breath, connect to your breath, follow your breath. That can be a daily living, walking meditation. 
connect to your body, tune into your body. When you're really present in your body and when you're really noticing and scanning your body, it's hard to, to float in 17 different directions in your mind. You will find that as you're present to your body, tuned into your sensations, you connect to this present moment even more fully connecting to your feet, connecting to your hands, and really being in your body. So bringing your attention to your breath, bringing your attention to, the, to your body, bringing your attention to this moment, observing your mind and your thoughts, observing your attention, and observing where is your attention right now. This is where I would begin, where I would encourage you to begin. It's a living, walking, mindfulness meditation. Every moment becomes the opportunity. And just your intention also can begin directing your attention. Uh, let's, let me take another, let me take one more question, folks, in today's short episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, Kud, I hear that we have to have intention, but I also hear that it's good to show up without an intention to be open. So which is it? Oh my God, which is it? How does one bridge the gap? I'm not sure. Okay. Intention versus no intention. I would say that it's neither. I would invite you to consider that it's not either or. As human beings in the West and in the ego, we like to live in a, uh, a, a realm of duality, either or, black or white. Life isn't black or white. Life is the multidimensional rainbow of existence. So consider life isn't black or white. It's not simply about having an intention or having no intention. I think it's really powerful. When we, see, here's the thing. When you have an intention, many times, the, most of the time, the intention is based on uh, your, yourself, your sense of self, your ego self. The ego self, which is the mind, the body, the emotions that is conditioned into a certain pattern uh, based on conditioning from childhood. And so this ego self conditioning is also limited in itself because it's conditioned a certain way. It's not... Uh, fully free and open as human beings. This is the nature of conditioning, the nature of being conditioned as a human being. So that being said, when you have an intention, much of the time your intention is coming and arising from the mind. Your intention is coming arising from the personality, which in and of itself is conditioned. So your intention will also be limited. Your intention will be limited to something that's a reference that you've experienced from the past. So your intention will be limited because it's coming from your conditioned self. When your intention is coming from your conditioned self, uh, then we, that's when we tend to limit life. And so when we talk about showing up without an intention, showing up and being open, that doesn't mean you don't have an intention. I believe it's really about just staying open and leaning into life being available to life. You can have an intention, an intention, a desire, an intention to get married, an intention to uh, go on vacation, an intention to uh, make a certain amount of money, to start a certain job. You can have an intention, let's say, to get married as an example, okay? But if you start forcing life and hold, getting so attached to that intention, I, got to, I have to get married, it has to be in 30 days, it has to be this type of person, this height, this weight, this ethnicity, this religion, blah, 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 blah. and we get so, and you get so uh, tightly bound on that intention, the intention, if it's arising from the 
personality or from the ego is limiting. And so that intention is actually a limitation on life because now we aren't truly open to the fullness of life because we've, we've contracted down our intention to be so uh, tight, so niche, so specific that we're really not open to more. And when you can say, okay, I would like to get married, this is the feeling I'd like to have in my relationship, or this is the feeling I'd like to have in my job, this is the feeling I'd like to have in my, in, in my situation, but don't get so attached to it having to be that way, because then you're not open to the infinite possibilities and creativity of the universe, then you're not necessarily open to the highest, you just want what you want, and now your intention is limiting life. Openness doesn't mean being wishy-washy and having no idea. Openness can say, yes, I want to sell my house. I want to be in a loving partnership with my soulmate, you know, kind, spiritual, generous, uh, et cetera, et cetera, whilst being open to the highest good so that you're not putting a blockage on the energy flow of how the universe can manifest because the reality is you don't know. The universe is infinite. So this is to be open. When you say, okay, this is my intention, but you're also open in your intention, there is a spaciousness to, to kind of move in a direction, but you're also open to being guided in, in another direction. You're also open to life guiding you and revealing to you what might be best that you may not currently be seeing right now. So it's, it's the willingness to have an intention, but also be totally open, which is it is both. Have an intention, don't hold tightly to your intention to such a point where you're attached, whilst being totally open and totally committed. It's the real freedom is in the end. The real freedom is in the end. A-N-D, not the either or. Folks, take a look at your life and see where you might be getting into either or thinking. It's got to be this, it's got to be that. I have to be this or I have to be that. Life has to be this or life has to be that. The real freedom is the, the ability to cultivate the internal flexibility to be, Bruce Lee, one of my heroes, would talk about to be like water. You put water into a tea, teacup, it becomes a tea teacup. You put water into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. You put water into a plate, it becomes a plate. You've got to flow. You've got to flow. Then I think we start taking on a powerful way of living where we start rather than forcing manipulating manifestation trying to manifest things in life with only our will and that doesn't mean you can't manifest things with your will but many times it will be limiting because will is also based on an individual identity an ego self but really opening to a different way of living which is universe i'm open to the highest possibilities of life this is what i would love but I'm also open, this is what I intend, but I'm also open to the highest possibility that life is seeking to express through me. I hope this helped, folks. We'll wrap up today's episode of Coffee with Coot. If you have any questions, let me know. Send your questions in. Make sure you check out my latest book, The Magic of Surrender. Check it out, Amazon, www.coutblackson.com dot com forward slash the magic of surrender get your free gifts there spread the word i'll see you in the next episode of the soul talk podcast if you've enjoyed this episode of soul talk please do share the podcast with all of your friends let everyone know and make sure you download soul talk today i'm looking forward to next week where i'll get to share more inspiration with you meanwhile follow me on facebook 
Instagram or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.